0: Welcome to the Disney Points Podcast, where our goal is to help you take that dream Disney vacation without blowing through your savings. With ticket costs and hotel prices constantly on the rise, we want to show you what's possible when you introduce credit card points and miles to the Disney
1: equation. I'm Kim Shearer. And I'm Sam Holland. And you can find me on the web at almostfreetraveling.com or on Instagram at almostfreetraveling. And where can they find you, Kim? You can find me on my blog, thatminivanlife.com,
0: or at my Instagram account, at blog. And now,
1: this is the Disney Points Podcast. Today's episode is a bonus episode. It's not necessarily Disney-focused. We want it to be mostly about business cards. Kim, how many business cards do you currently have open? I currently have
0: six, and my husband has three. So that's nine in our house.
1: Okay. And I have three. My husband has zero. And if you just are tuning in, I just started opening business cards this year. So I'm a newbie and Kim has been doing this for a while. So there's a wide range of expertise going on here. So let's just start with obvious, which is why would someone want to open business credit cards?
0: Yeah, definitely. There's a few reasons. I think once you start seeing, like, some of the offers that are out there, some of the ones that we'll talk about today, you'll see why people want to open business cards. But, okay, first thing, 524. We've talked about 524 on here, I think, at least a few times. But, basically, that's the rule. That's an unspoken rule from Chase that if you have opened five or more credit cards from any bank in the last two years, they won't approve you for any of their cards. And that includes their business cards. Um, But business cards from Chase do not add to your 524. So they're a really strategic way to get more welcome bonuses without
1: adding to this tally. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, and also 524 mostly refers to personal cards across banks, business cards from Chase or most other banks do not count in your 524 count, except for capital one business cards. There were some obscure ones, but, you know, you can open Amex business cards, city business cards, and Chase business cards, and they won't count towards your 524. Right. So, yeah. And then some of
0: these offers are really great. Like, even the ones that are currently out there right now that we're going to talk about, we're talking 90,000 points with one card, no annual fee. where you know sometimes these offers are high but you've got to pay $100 just to you know to have the card but so with these ink cards no annual fee 90,000 points that's at least $900 at the very least but more like $1,100 if you use it for travel in the portal and possibly up to like $3,000 if you were to transfer those points which is how I like
1: to use them Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah so much value in business cards One of the other reasons to open business cards is often when you, Kim alluded to this, often when you look at the offers, they're a few more points for just a little more spend. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just attractive. If you can, if the spend is doable for you, then you're going to get more points for opening a a business card.
0: Yeah. And sometimes that's a turnoff. Like the ink cards, the standard offer is 75,000 Chase Ultimate Reward points. Um, for $7,500 of spend in three months, which is definitely higher. Like a Chase Sapphire Preferred, you have to spend $4,000 in three months, which for most families is pretty reasonable. That's like $1,300 a month. We can do that pretty easily. $2,500 a month is a little bit more of a stretch. So sometimes people like to save them for when they have like bigger expenses coming up or, um, or when like a Visa or MasterCard gift card sale is going on at Staples. And you can use that uh, five times multiplier on the Chase Inc. business cash.
1: So can you talk a little bit, often business cards have better perks. Like if it's a co-branded card, you might get status on an airline or at hotel. Mm-hmm. I think they sometimes have higher category multipliers than personal cards. Um, it depends. A lot of the business cards will have multipliers
0: for things that are more attractive to a business. Like the, some of the ink cards have, um, like you'll get 5X, like I said, at office supply stores. Up to $25,000 a year. Um, you also get, I think it's two times on cable, phone, internet, uh, things like that. And I think one of them, see this where I wish I knew this. One of them will protect your cell phone too. So if anything happens to your cell phone, mm-hmm. um, it comes with built-in insurance for that.
1: Mm-hmm. But the overall is that you're just really um, expanding your options for cards that you can open and ways to stay under 524 if you include business cards in your strategy
0: yeah and it's a way to spread out like with personal cards if you're trying to keep like a solid 90 days in between personal applications you can throw in a business card application in between some of those and meet more minimum spends without like you know skyrocketing your 524 or Mm -hmm. like blowing that out of the water so
1: yeah. yeah we'll, and we'll talk about timing more in a minute.
0: Yep.
1: And who can open a business card?
0: Um. Well, people with a business for sure. But I would say one of the most common questions I get, and probably you too, Sam, is I don't have a business. How can I open a business card? And there are so many people that probably qualify for business cards and have just don't even realize it. So like, for example, my first business card that I applied for Uh, when I heard that this was something that I should be considering was my, I was selling my kids clothes and toys on Facebook, you Mm -hmm. know, back, I mean, I guess people still do it. I still do it sometimes, but I was like really into selling my kids stuff. (laughs) I was like, just like trying to purge everything out of my house. But and I didn't make a ton. I probably made $500 that year, just like Getting rid of stuff we didn't need anymore. But that counts. Something like that counts. It's really you'd want to think of it as anything that makes me a little bit of extra income that's not coming from like a W-2. Like it's little side hustles. If you drive for Uber, if you uh walk dogs, if you babysit, if you do tutoring on the side, if you're a teacher. I don't know. Do you have any other ideas, Sam? There's
1: like so many things that qualify. If you have an Airbnb like you guys do. Right. Yeah. If you teach piano lessons, if you um are uh, in direct sales at all with, you know, Mm -hmm. so many of us have side incomes. If you think about it, just think about, oh, that's right. And I've heard of someone with even just a hundred dollars of an annual income getting approved for a business card. So, and we're going to get to this in a minute when we talk about, well, we can just move on now. How do you fill out a business card application? Fill it out honestly. I mean, just, just say when they ask you what your revenue is, say it's a hundred dollars.
0: Yeah. I think it feels a little intimidating sometimes when you first see that application and you're like, well, who's going to approve me for a credit card if I make a hundred bucks. But really, if you think about it, like even startup businesses are businesses, even if they haven't made a single dollar yet this year, they're still a business. So if you anticipate that this year, I'm going to start this side hustle and I hope to make this much. That even counts. You, I think they ask you for your anticipated um, gross revenue that that year. So mm-hmm. even if it's just a couple hundred dollars, just like, like Sam said, be honest.
1: Right. So what are some of your best practices for when you've opened business credit cards specific yeah. to those applications?
0: <clears throat> so, okay, best practices, apply with your name. Don't try to – don't make up a business name Um you are going to apply as a sole proprietor and use your social security number most likely, unless you've registered for a tax ID number, which you can also do. Um, but I didn't, the first time I didn't have that. I just used my personal social security number. Um, my business name was me. It was Kimberly Shearer. Um, like I said, sole proprietor and then I
1: was the owner. Like those are some of the main questions. What am I leaving out, Sam? Um, I think other fields that sometimes throw people off is, are they have different um, income fields? They'll typically have one where they're asking for your household income or your gross income. Make sure and put your household income. So basically the bank is looking at you personally, and they're going to consider your entire household income to figure out the line of credit they want to give you. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there will be a separate field for your business revenue is usually what they call it. And that's where you're going to indicate, you know, you only make $100 or, or whatever, honestly, you make on that business. Right. Put yourself as the owner when it asks you what role you play in the company. Um, Indicate that you only have one employee. Just tell the truth on the whole application and mm-hmm. you should be good. Yeah. I... I want to say when I
0: first, my first business application, it wasn't approved instantly. It was like, a your application is under review, I think was the message I got. And then you wait a few days and eventually you'll either get something in the mail or if you already have a relationship with, um, chase or whichever bank, sometimes you'll see it pop up in your profile and that's how you know you're approved. But, um, do you want to tell your story now, Sam, or is this too soon?
1: I think, well, I know it does tie into my story. I will just say there as a general rule, I've heard what Kim just said is the best practice. When you apply for a business card and you get a message that it went pending, the best thing to do is to wait because often you will just get the card. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is, especially if
0: it says in review, but if you get something that says like, we cannot approve you at this time. Yes. Then I would say that's your indication to call and find out why.
1: Yes. And you just want to be prepared when you call. And I, I will tell that story in a little bit and it has to do with, it's just kind of complex, but we're going to get there. Okay. There are times when you will call is what I'll
0: say. Yeah. But I just to calm any fears. If you do see the message that says your applications in review, that does not mean that you will not be getting a business card. Mm -hmm. That could just mean that, it's in review (laughs) and they're looking over it a little bit further
1: and that's okay. Yeah. So hang in there. Yep. So then what expenses do you put on your business card? What I tell people is that the, really the important
0: thing is to not just turn over come tax time. You don't want to just hand over your, your credit card statements to your accountant and be like, here you go. Like you have to make sure that you're keeping some kind of record somewhere separate. Where you can you can have an accurate account of what are actual business expenses and what is personal, um, because really when it comes down to it, the IRS is not going to be checking your credit card statements. They don't. They really could care less. What they care about is what you're reporting as business expenses. Um, so yeah, I would just say we use uh, YNAB, which is just you need a budget. It's a budgeting software tool, and I just keep a separate envelope, if you will, of Expenses for my actual business, so that you know, come February, March, when we're finally filing, uh, filing our taxes, I can see
1: what I spent throughout the year on my business. Okay, so I think we should talk about timing. Okay, this is a- another question. You know, if I've recently opened a card, when can I open another? And I shared I've opened three business cards actually in the past four months. I've opened three business cards across three banks. They were never closer together than 30 days, but they were all they were all between 30 and 60 days.
0: Yeah. And I would say that's a good rule of thumb to keep is like the one every 30 days kind of rule. Um, I wouldn't try to do more than one in a month. It's not unheard of that somebody could get approved for a second. Business card in 30 days. Um, but I would say the majority of the data points would point to one every 30 days is a pretty safe window.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially with the same bank. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And with Chase, um, I mean, your mileage may vary, but we've heard that a best practice is to wait 90 days between Chase business card applications when you're applying okay. using your social security number.
0: Yeah. I think that's good too. It's going to make it, it's, you don't want to alert the bank that you're trying to get too much credit and too short of a time. Yeah. So Sam, tell mm-hmm. us what happens when you're not instantly approved.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yesterday I, after much deliberation and planning, <laughs> I jumped on the ink, the chase ink cash 90,000 point bonus when you spend $6,000 in three months. No fee card. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's an absolute no-brainer. One little caveat I'll say is that if you're going to want to transfer those points, which you probably should to get the most value out of them, they're incredibly Mm -hmm. valuable, especially for Hyatt, then you need to hold either the Sapphire Preferred, the Sapphire Reserved, or... I think the ink preferred um, preferred. Yeah. And the
0: reason being is that those are their marketed travel cards. And those are the ones that allow you to transfer points to travel partners. Mm -hmm. And any chase ultimate reward earning cards, you can combine your points together. And so what you'll do is if you earn these 90,000 points on an ink cash card, you would move those points over to your chase Sapphire preferred, for example. And then from there, you're able to either you know transfer points to partners or book travel on the portal um yeah right like that and then one other thing the Mm -hmm. ink cards are all marketed as cash back cards they'll say the welcome offer is nine hundred dollars cash back you may not see that it's good for travel but it is you can but it requires having one of those three cards that we mentioned the sapphire preferred the sapphire reserve or the ink preferred so if you have that's one right. of those, those ninety thousand points can absolutely be used for travel, right? Yep. So okay.
1: So I have a preferred card, and actually, my husband does too. So I n- already knew that I could earn those ninety thousand points and transfer them, and I knew that's that that is probably what I'm going to do. Um, and we open this card for a specific purpose. I would like to pay my property taxes on the card. Okay, and it's the property taxes are due. <laughs> like in a week or something. So, I mean the bonus went up and we had a quick decision to make. Um I also knew that I was 524. Wait, you that's... were
0: 524?
1: Yes, I am
0: 524. Oh because okay, but I know what you're going to say. Yeah. One of them was an authorized user, right? Is that yes, right? Yes. Okay. That's right. So, okay.
1: technically. Yes. So this is but this is really important. So It is. Earlier this year Darren opened the VentureX and we added me as an authorized user, which we never do, but I wanted, I thought I had to be an authorized user to have priority pass Mm -hmm. through the card. And sometimes I travel by myself and I want priority pass. So I know now though, that because my teenagers are authorized users on the card, I can set up a priority pass account for myself using their credit card number. It's true. I never needed to be an authorized user. Okay. So hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's fine. But can I Whatever. ask a clarifying
0: question to that? Yeah. Don't you, do you need to be an authorized user to be able to use it for like the Capital One lounge? Like, I think you still need to show your credit card to get into the lounge, right? Because you weren't you there recently?
1: Sure. Well, yeah. How did I get in? Yes, I went into the app and downloaded a pass. Yeah, l- let me tell this story and we're going to circle back to this because okay. this is actually a really important part of the story. Okay. And now I'm kicking myself because I might not be able to go to the Capital One Lounge without Darren, but oh. maybe I should just open the Venture X
0: <laughs> you can or the Venture, Venture Rewards on. or something. Um,
1: in any case, I knew that I was 5'24", but I'd read all of these data points from people saying, even if you are 524, if one of them, if one or more of those cards that Chase can see is an authorized user card, they actually won't count that against you and you will be able to open a new card with them. So I figured this was a really good time to test and see if that was true. So I studied the Google on how to do this and pulled (laughs) Probably Kim and every single one of my friends. How do I do this? How do I do this? And basically, what I did is I applied for the card and then got denied, which I knew I would, and but I also knew it was because of the five twenty four. So then I called the business reconsideration line, which you can find on Google, Chase business reconsideration line, and. Um, They asked me for my social security number. I punched it in and they, they immediately had my application. I um, pressed whatever number it was to get to a live attendant and began a conversation with them. And what I said was, Hey, I applied for a business card and it got, I think what I said was it, it's being reviewed and I wanted to call and see if I, I could expedite it because I have some expenses I want to put on it. And he said, okay, let me look. And he Saw that I was five twenty-four. He actually was mistaken, and he said I was six twenty-four. It was because did he, he use that phrase? No, he said, um, "You have opened too many credit cards in the last two years." Gotcha. Okay. And, um, but one of them, and I said, "Oh, I'm so glad I called because one of those is actually I'm an authorized user on my husband's one of my husband's Capital One cards." But we we removed me because we did. Okay. And he said. Oh, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. If you're an authorized user, we won't count against you and I was like, crap. Dang it. Especially now that I might not be able to go to the Capital One lunch, but but couldn't you just add it back? No. It's they act they actually said Oh, no. Anyway, I'm not I don't think I can, but we'll just talk about this on a later episode. But okay. basically what I want everyone to know who's listening is that you don't need to take yourself off as an authorized user, but you will get declined and you will have to call Chase. And here's why that matters. So I was on the phone with Chase for about an hour. At first, he thought I was 624 because he was looking at my mortgage. I think he might have been newer. And so we we talked it through and I was saying, no, that's my mortgage. That's not a credit card. And he, you know, came around to realize that was true and then transferred me to their lending department where – they grill you on your business. And I was so nervous. I mean... is your I, heart pounding? Yes. I was so nervous all day yesterday until I got the approval. I just... It's so silly, but I'm that way every time I apply for a credit card. Even though I was completely honest with everything I told... Uh, every question I answered, I was completely honest. Um, I just don't... I just wanted the point so badly. That's why I was nervous. <laughs> but, um... You have to be prepared for what they're going to ask you. And he asked me questions like, when did you start your business? And I said, July, 2019, because that's when I started a blog and an Instagram account, Mm -hmm. even though I hadn't monetized. Well, that answers Um, one of my questions. I was going to ask, which business did you apply? Yes. I have three businesses. I have almost free traveling. I have our Airbnb property rental, and I'm a sole proprietor, W9 with... I'm a writer basically. So I have three separate income streams and I had heard a best practice was that you should stick to one because you can actually open technically, if you space them out enough, you could open multiple business cards with Chase, even of the same card, but for your different businesses, which totally makes sense for accounting purposes anyway. So anyway, I stuck with one. And so I opened it almost free traveling. I didn't call it that. I just used my name, my social security number, said I was the owner, one employee, used my projected revenue for this year. So anyway, he asked me, when did you open the, the business? I said, seven of 2019. And he said, how much did the business make last year? And I said, well, actually, zero dollars. I didn't monetize it till this year. And I was like, so worried that was going to yeah disqualify me. But he, then he said... And how much are you going to make this year? And I estimated, you know, mm-hmm. but it was a totally honest estimate of how much I'm going to make this year.
0: And yeah. And
1: he said, "When did the state? When did you register your business with the state?" And I said, "Never. Oh, <laughs> I never. I'm I'm a sole proprietor. This, it's not registered with the state." He said, "Um, he verified my household income. He asked how much my mortgage was, which is funny because." It's in the Chase Out. It's a J.P. Morgan mortgage. Uh-huh. <laughs> they acquired it two years ago, but I told him, you know, so these are all the questions. You just have to be prepared. They're going to grill you, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily, you're not going to get the card. You probably will get the card. They're just doing their due dil- diligence. Um, He asked me where I market my business. Oh, I said social funny. media. Yeah. I just answered, honestly, I said social media. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that was pretty much it. But that's, so bottom line is if you're 524, but one of those cards is an authorized user card, apply for the business card. Expect to get declined. You don't have to take yourself off as an authorized user. Call the business chase reconsideration line. Be prepared to talk about your business in an honest way. That's what I would say. Yeah.
0: I have one question. Mm -hmm. Is your almost free traveling account, does it, do you have a tax ID or are you using your social? Using your social. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So all of your businesses, when you apply, I mean, I know you only Mm -hmm. have done three, four cards, right? Four business cards. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious going forward. Will you have tax ID? Like, will you switch it
1: up? Yeah, because you and I are about to incorporate the Disney podcast. So there we'll you do go. That, <laughs> and I get to open business cards.
0: <laughs> I will allow it.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't have any plans to do any LLCing, but my father-in-law is our accountant, so I don't know. He might okay. tell me to. Am, am right. I going to be hosed when it comes around to tax time? Maybe. Stay tuned. I well, <laughs> have your
0: father-in-law tell me what to do, too. So. I will. I'll see what he says. Okay. So that's my story. So the moral of the story is still apply.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even if you have an authorized user card that puts you at 524. Mm-hmm. And don't be, don't cry. If your account, if your application isn't approved right away, it might okay. still.
1: You can cry. I'll allow crying. Okay. You can
0: cry, but don't cry for long. Yeah. Shed your tears. Pick up the phone. Make the phone call.
1: That's right. Kim and I don't like to make phone calls, but we'll do I it for 90,000 points.
0: Exactly. That's I haven't had a lot to.
1: I won't do for 90,000 points.
0: Yeah. I haven't had to make a phone call in a very long time, thankfully. And I kind of think once you have a business relationship, at least with Chase, I think it's easier to get approved for future business cards.
1: I will tell. Yeah, but I'm sure of, you're right. I'm that makes sense. Yeah, that would be the case. And I think that that's responsible. I have a friend who also opened the ink, it was her first business card. She opened it last month. She was going to try to pay off her Disney cruise, and it was more than the credit line they gave her. So, what she did is she made a payment, paid it off, made another payment. What I should probably do is go buy gift cards. Oh my gosh. You're Have you never done this? No. Maybe you should hey. tell people listening. Why would you want to buy gift cards on the ink cash?
0: Well, you see, the ink cash gets five times points at office supply stores, which you may say, I don't ever shop at office supply stores. You know what? Neither did I. But a lot of times there will be Visa and MasterCard gift cards on sale, which means that they waive the activation fee that you pay per card um, when you purchase them. Um, So then you can go ahead and use those cards other places. Like, I don't know, I could use the gift card to make a payment on my son's braces. I could use the gift card to, I don't know, buy dinner that night. You know, you can use it wherever you would make, you would earn less points because five times is a really great multiplier. So Mm -hmm. it's a great way to like, earn 5x on pretty much anything um where that doesn't work is if you're like buying something online and you can't use multiple cards to make a payment like it would have to be something that was less than 200 like if it's online usually but in person like even at the grocery store i've been able to like swipe one card and then it'll drain that one and then i'll swipe the next one so there are ways to to like use them even if it's less exactly, than 200 yeah. or more than 200 um but then the other thing, too, is you could just I could just go into a Staples and buy Disney gift cards and get five times on the purchase of those gift cards and then use those gift cards to buy my Disney tickets or to pay for my Disney hotel reservation. Um, mm-hmm. So even just doing that, I might earn a night or two, a free night or two at a Hyatt by buying enough gift cards to pay for my Disney tickets. Have you so done there, that? uh I haven't. I've done it for other... I mean, I for sure bought gift cards. I bought a lot yeah. of gift cards at Staples. Yeah. I haven't done it as far as like buying Disney tickets because the last time I went to Disney was two years ago,
1: which means I'm due. That's right. Okay. So what's the maximum amount of gift cards? You Isn't there some sort of quarterly max that you so, can run?
0: On the ink cash you can spend you can buy up to twenty five you can spend up to twenty five thousand dollars at off supply stores and get the five X. So that's one parameter. In a year. In a year. So that'll start over after a year. That's a lot. That's a lot. I've never I've never spent that much on gift cards. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people that do. I see the redemptions people are making and I'm sure there are people that are maximizing that. They're buying cars. Yeah, something. Um but there's also like a daily limit so when you go into a staples and those visa gift cards are on sale it'll it's i think now they say it's eight per
1: day is the max okay. you can buy eight two hundred dollar gift cards yes yeah mm-hmm. those are the ones that are on sale typically do you ever go in and there's none
0: you know what my store always has them but if you're the I only do...
1: one in your area
0: maybe because i do follow other travel hackers that are like definitely like competing. They against... tag each other. Like, yes. hey,
1: did you go buy all the gift cards?
0: Yes. So, thankfully, that's mm-hmm. not an issue here. Have... But you haven't done this
1: yet, so you haven't
0: you don't know if you're the only one.
1: Is there a way to consolidate Visa gift cards online like Disney gift cards? No. Okay. No, not that I know of. So, the most strategic way to hit a minimum spend, we don't talk about this a lot, is by purchasing strategically um thinking about the multipliers on that card. So so for an ink cash, the best way to hit the minimum spend is to is it to buy gift cards?
0: I mean, yeah, if you if you spent $6,000 on gift cards, that's 30,000 points.
1: Yeah, in addition to the 90. In addition to the
0: 90. So potentially, if you were to maximize your minimum spend with gift cards, you'd get the 30,000 points plus 90 for opening it so it's one hundred and twenty thousand points
1: i feel i'm gonna ask darren if he wants to do this <laughs> he's gonna be he, like all right sam that's too." he's bad. so into the bottom line i feel like he'd be like done i'm going to staples right now are they on sale right now right this minute uh i do believe they are this week yeah i know i think they are too
0: okay the mastercard ones i think are on sale this week
1: okay so this is sort of think about this with any card that you open just think about that if you're the kind of person who wants to maximize and get every point Okay, Kim, how do you? I get this question so much. How do you know when to close a business card? Well, I guess that depends on which
0: card it is. But let's say we're talking about these ink cards. Um, to me, I'm not, I wouldn't close them. I, there's no urgency to close them because there's no annual fee on the card. So if, if you're new to business cards and you're going to take advantage of this ink business cash offer, for the first time I would say just keep it open um because then when these gift card sales come around you're always ready to you know you can go in and buy um a thousand dollars worth of gift cards and now you've got five thousand more points it's just a a a good card to have in your wallet um but maybe now you're down the road and you're maybe like me now where you've got I have two ink caches and at some point maybe I want to open a a third one, I would probably close my first one. Um, before I would try to apply for another one. So in that case, maybe I would I would consider closing it in preparation to open another one. Am I explaining that well? Mm-hmm. That I do.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And actually, Chase is pretty generous, probably probably the most generous bank with allowing you to earn bonuses you've earned before. Mm-hmm. It's, well, right, it's yeah. right there in the print. They say you can earn the bonus. For the Sapphire Preferred every 48 months. My husband yep. and I re-earned the preferred bonus. We each re-earned the bonus this year. Yep. 48 months later.
0: Um, but then I will say, so like with the Southwest personal and business card, every two years, I want to be able to reopen those because I want to earn the companion pass again, which is kind of what we're well, I have it right now through this year and through all of next year. So my husband is gonna be applying. Um, but if I had a Southwest business card and it was coming up on the two year mark, I would close that business account because you can't, you can't reopen that card while you still have it open. Right. So if I was preparing to earn the companion pass again, I would close my business card then. And actually I have, I applied for them last year. So last December in 2021, I got the Southwest personal and business card, um, and earned the companion pass in early 2022. But I'm coming up now on my 1 year anniversary of those cards and the rule of thumb is to keep any card you open for at least 20 uh, for at least 12 months for the first full year and then wait for the annual fee to hit and then decide do I want to close this card, do I want to keep it open? And that's where you would weigh out the like what am I paying for the annual fee? What do I get for that annual fee? Is it worth me keeping it open? Because some cards, you're getting a free hotel night. And if that's the case, then it's still worth it to me. A $95 annual fee may be worth it for me to keep open that card. Um, But with the Southwest Business card, I will probably close it. It's $199 annual fee. And I don't see myself using the perks on that card enough to justify $200. Um, So that card I'm going to close probably... In December when the annual fee hits
1: makes sense it comes with a global entry credit it does one thing I want to say it's true but that's only every four years yeah I mean we've already used it when you have older kids you start to those start to become more valuable
0: yeah because we're actually in that boat now too where my oldest is 13 and we had to get him his own um, Mm -hmm. global entry so I think now that he has one we're just going to go ahead and get Get the other two boys, their own Mm -hmm. two, since Mm -hmm. we have the credits on
1: enough cards to pay for it. Right. Let's talk about do business apps affect your credit score? This is different from 524. And I started noticing when I when I opened business cards, the first two that I opened, one was with Amex, the second was with City. There was no inquiry on my credit. My credit score did not fluctuate, nothing. They just gave me the cards. And I was surprised by that. But yesterday when I opened the Chase Inc. cash, there was an inquiry on my credit. And I've heard that. I've heard that Chase always will pull your credit on a business card.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's going to affect your credit score for like a very short amount of time for a very small number of points. Right? Like, did you mm-hmm. happen to see what your how it changed no, your score? I
1: meant to go in and check, but usually gosh i don't even is it like five or ten points
0: yeah it's so minimal and it'll within like 30 to 60 days it'll bounce back yeah and maybe even go higher and that's where it's important to pay off the balances in full and you know use the card responsibly during that time
1: and then your score will yeah i think it's another reason to open business cards at least with other banks yeah it doesn't show up on your credit yeah at least when I did, your mileage may vary. I can't say it never will. I don't know if it's because I have a personal Amex or uh, because I have a savings account with City. I do have those things, and I also have a personal card with City. So who knows why they mm-hmm. didn't pull my credit? But um, I've read a little bit about it, and I think as a general rule, Amex won't, and Chase will. Yeah. So just something to think about. I think that's true. Kim and I are having way too much fun recording these episodes. Thanks so much for supporting the Disney Points podcast by using our links when you open a credit card. Soon we'll have links right in the show notes. But for now, just make sure you're following both of us on Instagram. You can find me, Sam, at Almost Free Traveling. And Kim is at that minivan life blog. Most of our favorite credit cards are linked right in our bios on Instagram. But if for some reason you can't find the one you're looking for, make sure you send us a message because we love chatting with you. Thanks again.